0: Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Mitts. Today, it is the final episode of the Rock Talk Podcast for this season, season five. Uh, been absolutely fantastic doing this. Uh, as we did last season, we broke our season finale up into three different episodes, covering football, basketball, and then any other story from from the entire athletic department for for the entire year. Um, so today is the final of those episodes. We've already done ba- we've already done football. We already did basketball. So today. We have our panel of people coming back on to tell us their favorite, the biggest, the most important, whatever, whatever the criteria is that they want to use. But the, the one story that they wanted to highlight from the athletic department this year, um, you know, we have everybody back that has been here for the other two episodes this week. So I really appreciate all these guys coming on. I will come back to say a few words, kind of wrap up the season after all this is done, but I don't want to waste any time. Let's, let's get you guys right on over. And I'm joined again by Scott Jason of Fog.net. Scott. Your favorite or biggest or the best story that's not football or basketball for the year for for the Jayhawks?
1: Yeah, I, I think to me the biggest story, and, and I'm not going to use a crutch here and say COVID nineteen because you know that extended to everything. Um, nor is that the best or most fun story uh, of the year, obviously, but. I think learning about Travis Goff and not just from a perspective of we all knew Travis Goff, the first thing he was going to do was figure out, you know, football coach. Of of course, he had to do that. Um, Yes, he's going to have to have a good relationship with Bill Self. That's also very important. But to me, Travis Goff was kind of such a, you know, I I don't want to say the right fit or the perfect hire because we obviously don't know how his time is going to go. But it just seemed like such an aligning of of so many different things for his candidacy to kind of emerge as this young guy with KU ties who, you know, built up this acumen. Obviously, the, the story of what he was able to help do during Katrina, working out of a, a different office, uh, office and, you know, kind of keeping a college afloat, like literally that was, you know, dealing with like flooding in addition to, you know, financial issues and stuff in, in the athletic department. And then obviously what he did at Northwestern and, and how, you know, liked he was over there. Um, I think it's just been interesting, kind of learning about him. He's a different guy. He's very different than Jeff Long, who came before him. Um, he's much less out there um, publicly, even though he's, you know, incredibly well spoken. He, you know, can articulate a message really well, and I think he's impressed a lot of people locally. So, you know, that story is incomplete. But you know, Kansas has had some athletic directors who have made a lot of decisions. Just kind of, sometimes it feels like to make decisions or change for change's sake. Uh, One example I would kind of go back to would be the women's basketball program, which I know didn't finish in the top half of the Big 12 under Bonnie Hendrickson. But, you know, that was a time, obviously that change was made, and you can argue whether or not that was the right decision to make that. But Bonnie Hendrickson had a lot of success at Kansas. She made multiple Sweet 16s. She developed good players. She brought in good players. Um, I actually covered, I was at the University Daily Kansan for one of her last teams that had Chelsea Gardner, who was awesome, uh, Asia oh, yeah. Boyd, Natalie uh, Natalie Knight, you know, had a bunch of really, really good players, and you no, know, I think they finished around 500, they missed the tournament, um, they were probably a few games away, uh, I, in my opinion, from making the tournament, I, I don't think they were that far off, and you know, this is not for me to come in here and say, oh, the biggest story is you know, what's going on with Brandon Schneider, but I think it's just a a kind of larger athletic department point to say, sometimes you don't need to overreact to certain stretches or, or get caught up in the wrong things. And, you know, a good example is like the run volleyball made a few years back, you know, or even with baseball at at times when it's hit its high points, you know, you you don't necessarily see a bunch of change for changes sake taking place in those programs. And so I'm really interested to see how Travis Goff continues uh, to work with the you know, quote-unquote non-revenue or, or Olympic sports, I guess, uh, would be what they're called. And, you know, I'm I'm just really interested to see how he kind of directs those, what leeway he gives the coaches, if there are changes he wants to make. Um, because, again, I, I think it's a time of transition that might be slowed a little bit because of COVID-19, but I'm very inter- interested to see his direction and where things kind of go from here.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I I was a huge fan of, of Bonnie Hendrickson because, I mean, I really... Got into not just, you know, always followed basketball and, and football because those are the major sports, but really started paying attention to the quote unquote non revenue or, or the Olympic sports, you know, as they're called. Um, you know, when that Kansas team that she had, uh, the one that, that made it, you know, in the NCAA tournament made it to the Sweet 16. Like, the, you know, that, that was kind of what piqued my interest and really put me on a path where now, you know, we, we routinely over here talk about all the other, you know, all the other sports, you know, I've had the, the, the tennis coach on before, you know, like I, I love to talk about the other sports cause they don't get all the attention that they deserve, you know, and, and in terms of everything that they're doing there. And, and I do agree with you. It seemed like a lot of times with those sports, you know, it, it seemed like other athletic directors would try to make a change there to show that they were doing something when they didn't have, I guess the 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 stones, the best way to put it, to make a change that they thought they might have needed to make it at other programs, Um yeah. you know, well, and-,
1: and just to jump on to real quick to add to that, you know, obviously different kind of scenario with Jeff Long. And um because I he didn't necessarily like fire a bunch of coaches and like, you know, ruffle a bunch of things up just to do it. But again, just kind of a, a different way of doing things. I mean, Jeff Long was very much in public. Uh, Jeff Long very much felt like he needed to comment or speak to or be shown with or have a release out on everything. Um, And and kind of the prime example of that is, you know, whether you want to say late night in the fog and, you know, that night coming out with um, what, in my opinion, was one of the more ridiculously worded uh, press releases that (laughs) press statements I've ever seen. Um, But it's just stuff like that where it's like. and and it's not necessarily bad and and I'm not even sure it's my job to say what's good or bad. It's just, you know, again, sometimes I feel like people in positions of power, this is not just athletic directors. This is not just sports. They feel the need to like stamp everything. And you know that, I mean, that was David Beatty, right? When David Beatty started coaching punt returns, that was a pretty good example of someone who's like, I'm in power. I need to you know, have my handprints on everything. And again, it it seems like uh, Travis Goff is more of a guy to delegate, and to kind of let people do their thing and, and set others up. And and so again, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm really interested to see, you know, how that hand leads the athletic department. Because quite frankly, you know, I'm not here to fire anyone, but uh, it does seem like some, you know, specifically the women's basketball program probably is going to need to change uh, at some point unless the results of that program drastically turn around. Um, I don't I don't think that's breaking any news to anyone. Right. So, you know, I, I think. You know, I'm, I'm interested to see how he approaches that, who he listens to. I know there were some frustration between or there was some frustration with one of the most uh, prominent, not only uh, women in the history of KU Athletics, but people in the history of KU Athletics over the hiring of Brandon Schneider. She didn't uh, agree with that hiring, quite frankly, at the time. So right. very interested to, to see, you know, where, you know. who who he seeks out, who he talks to, who he includes in these conversations. Um, And yeah, how he builds up some of these programs other than, you know, kind of the main ones.
0: Yeah. and, And, and just a final point, kind of what you're talking about in terms of needing to be seen and, and where I think that, that it'll be different with, with Travis Goff, you know, it's not always a bad thing kind of like you said the one thing that always stuck out to me is the huge positive thing that Jeff Long did about always wanting to be in the spotlight i just remember when he went with the swimming and diving team yeah. um you know and like the whole where he ended up jumping in the pool it's like that's one of those things where that probably got a lot more publicity than they normally would have because he went and did that and shown the spotlight on them and so it's not that it's always a bad thing it's about yeah. trying to figure yeah. out when when that's the right move and when that's not the right move and Based just based off of the history of what I know about the two people involved, like I think that Jeff Long was very much more geared towards always be in the spotlight to bring whatever attention you can and deal with, you know, the missteps of sometimes saying things when you shouldn't. Whereas I think Travis Goff is much more reserved and will do more things behind the scenes. And hopefully that means that he'll he'll still shine the spotlight where it needs to be. Um, but maybe we won't get some of those missteps in terms of press releases that weren't necessarily necessary. <laughs>
1: No, I, I completely agree. He also did something with the soccer team that I think, you know, again, and, and there's like a famous video, I, I think it was before KU, but like where he's like sliding in the mud or something like that in a suit or something like right. I don't remember. But yep. again, and those things are good. It, it's just like a fine line. And again, that's why, you know, it's, it's just interesting to see, um, you know, where he puts his handprints or, or what he puts his handprint on, what he leaves for others. And you know, again, I, I just pulled up the the women's basketball roster from the team I covered just because I was wanted to run down the names. I was curious. I mean, uh, that was, I believe it was Lauren Aldridge's freshman year. She obviously transferred to Missouri. You had uh, Shayla Cheadle uh, on the team. I remember her as a wing. Kayla Manning Allen, she was a sophomore. I'm just reading off the roster here, Jada Brown. Uh, it's just funny to to look back and be like, not that the players who have come since aren't Of that caliber because there have been some very good players i think jessica washington maybe a year or two later was you know terrific in her time uh, in lawrence but it it was just kind of the development of those players like someone like asia boyd who was never a star on the team but just kind of you know was developed in a program that did things the right way and i I don't know if there's a flattering comparison or not i think a lot of people in lawrence would probably say no think about like bruce weber and how bruce weber a lot of his teams aren't very good but then you know, he takes a core and he builds and he grows with them and they go to the elite eight one year. He goes to what a final four at Illinois, you know, like it's, you know, not necessarily every year and and Kansas women's basketball isn't necessarily, you know, the number one program in the world, but um, I think you can still win there. And I think there's still a formula and things that work. And so, um, yeah, again, I I just, you know, I'm I'm really interested to see what happens with that program because I am of the belief that people care about Kansas women's basketball uh, when it's quite frankly, good enough to be deserving of that same care. And I'd say that about any program. Uh, People have largely tuned out Kansas football, you know, for a lot of the last decade. And it's hard to argue with people when they do. What are you going to tell them? You know, no, you should care, even when for a long time, the people making decisions didn't care because they weren't allocating the necessary amount of money uh, needed to make the football program good enough. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see what happens with that program.
0: Yeah, my philosophy on that's always been I'm going to care more than enough for all those people that don't seem to care at times (laughs) i like it not just with football but with everything else so you know it's one of those things when you're ready to come back and whether it's non-revenue or olympic sports or the kansas football team you know there'll definitely be a bunch of people here ready to 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 welcome you back and, and have you jump on the bandwagon so yeah all right scott thank thank you yep for sure and i'm joined again by ari temkin uh host of big 12 radio over on sirius xm ari um, to, to to finish this off here you know your biggest your best your, the your most favorite or any of those stories related to anything Kansas athletics that's not football or basketball
2: yeah I mean it's you know um, I, I would say you know we kind of started this conversation from a football perspective talking about you know this string of, of athletic directors that are, have not really been very good for KU. And it just, it just seems like given, you know, what we were dealing with and then given obviously what we've now seen for golf in such a short period of time, like that Kansas finally has, I mean, the right athletic director in place. I mean, obviously being a KU alum helps, but like beyond that, it just, just, you know, connection with the university, connection with the people in the alum connection with the base, you know, having a good idea of how to run, a you know successful uh, athletic department um and, and and i also would add you know given sort of what happened with northwestern right after um golf was hired you know that it seemed like the timing was perfect for them because Goff might have been in position to get the job at, at northwestern and you know they northwestern ends up hiring somebody else um but then you know basically had to they the public forced their hand to, to hire another person um because they they didn't like the, the, thought the process was flawed. The person that was hired had some, you know, some improprieties on his record. So, you know, I mean, when you, you look at, you know, the previous Northwestern athletic directors now the commissioner of the ACC you, you kind of survey the landscape and how good Northwestern has been at sort of churning out athletic administrators, like they've got a really good pipeline. And now we've got one of those guys who's one of our own running our athletic department. So, um, you know, there just, there has not been enough of an investment done For sports outside of basketball. And look, I mean, I I get it. And I'm as big a KU basketball fan as anything else. It's it's our bread and butter. It should be, it's where we should be spending the majority of our money, but to finally get some of the facilities upgraded in football, you know, to invest a little bit in some of these other sports, because we've just been so thoroughly and utterly dominated in in so many other sports without consistencies in our program. When you look at Oklahoma and Texas and how well they've done these other sports, you know, you you just know now that, you know, slowly, but surely, I think he'll, he'll chip away and invest, Uh, and do a good job of raising money because that was what he did Northwestern so well, raising money to invest, you know, in some of the Olympic sports and, and, you know, I, I I am curious to see too with, with name image and likeness stuff. I know the state of Kansas is not exactly passing law in this regard, but you know, what will KU do and from an athletic department standpoint to really attract a new age of recruits because of the way that we could help uh, not name image likeness. Like I I just, it's good to finally have a guy in golf it seems like the perfect fit for the administration, for the athletic department.
0: And I'm joined once again by Steve Fetch, our basketball editor over at Rock Chalk Talk. Fetch, um, biggest, best or, you know, most important or your favorite, whatever, how you want to do that, uh, non basketball, non football story for the Jayhawks this year, whether it's something that happened this last season or, you know, something that you think is going to be a big story coming up here pretty quick.
3: Yeah. Well, so, you know, we, we talked about, uh, in the football, Wrap up here the football, whatever you want to call it, about how Travis Goff got an A plus I think probably for his first hire, which was Lance Leipold. Uh, I think his second test is coming up pretty shortly because I think uh, Rich Price's time as the KU uh, baseball coach seems to be coming to an end. You know they were thirty and twenty seven this year, but just eight and sixteen in Big Twelve play and and lost that Big Twelve opening round tournament game and. Uh, on the field the results have not been great and then you couple that with the fact that he uh, was suspended earlier this year for a a DUI arrest and you know you can't have both of those things I mean you you can either win or be you know exemplary off the field but if you're uh, um, if you're neither of those you're gonna have a hard time hanging on to your employment and you know who knows what the budget is because of COVID and stuff like that but obviously uh uh, a baseball coach is not going to draw the same kind of salary as a football or a basketball coach. So, um, I think it's probably time. Uh, obviously Kansas is a, a tough place to win just because it's in a, a league with a lot of southern teams and you're a northern team in that league. So it's just, you know, always going to be an uphill battle, but, um, I, I think they can do better. And I think it's probably time to, to move on from Rich Price.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest problem is that, you know, he, he did have the team super successful in the not-too-distant future, or I'm sorry, past, it hasn't been a really long time, but it has been long enough that kind of the shine from, you know, when they won the Big 12 tournament and made it to the to the NCAA tournament, that's kind of worn off at this point. Kind of to your point, like, yeah, you know, they're in a a hell of a conference. I mean, a spectacular baseball conference in the Big 12 with only seven teams in it. It's really hard to differentiate yourselves when you have – you know, Texas, who's probably the best, like, arguably the best team in the nation is in the College World Series. Looks like they are probably going to make a good run to actually win the title this year. You know, you had a, a TCU team that was phenomenal, a Texas Tech team that was also phenomenal, and then Oklahoma State that honestly probably should have been hosting a uh, regional in the actual tournament. Um, you know, I mean, so four of the, four of the top seven, you know, or four of the seven teams in the conference were national or should have been nationally ranked you know, for the tournament. And so like, it's, it's really hard, I think, to have a successful season inside of the conference when you have to deal with all of that. But to your point, like you, you can have that kind of performance and play fairly well in the non conference and kind of skate through and, you know, jump up every once in a while, but you have to not have any off the field issues. And unfortunately there's just been a little bit too much recently. I do agree that they're that he's probably most likely to be the next coach that gets replaced either him or, you know, the women's basketball coach, one of those two most likely. Um, you know, so so Goff will have an opportunity to have another hire here pretty quickly, I think. The question is who do they move on from first and, you know, how how confident are they that they can get someone better, you know, into that particular position with the way that those programs are looking right now?
3: Yep, and, and I think, you know, you're right they don't need to win the big 12 every year they don't you know they don't probably need to win it ever to keep you know their job but um can they finish middle of the pack once you know i mean uh, that kind of stuff should be um you know i've been to the ballpark many times it's a great facility um the recruiting area is not bad there's a lot of local talent in in kansas and missouri obviously it's complicated by the fact that you know high schoolers can get drafted in the major league baseball draft and sign and bypass college so sometimes you get those really good prospects in the area and they just, you know, college won't even be an option for them. So that certainly complicates things a little bit, but there's definitely a lot in the area to, to recruit to. And, and, uh, you know, Oklahoma and Texas schools can be recruited, uh, as well. Um, but yeah, you shouldn't be, you know, West Virginia was the other team in that, uh, big 12 tournament play in game, uh, this year in Kansas lost to them 11, 0 and 15, 2 earlier in a series. So like, you should not be doing that to, you know, a bottom feeder in the big 12, you shouldn't be losing series at home to North Dakota state. Uh, you shouldn't be losing three out of the four to Florida golf coast, that sort of thing. So that's kind of the first step. And I think, you know, frankly, that is not a very high bar to clear. And I think a lot of guys that they can go out to hire uh, can clear that bar. So um, you'd like to see them go out and maybe uh, recruit a, uh, or uh, hire a guy who's maybe a little bit of a, better recruiter, a younger guy, you know, guy's going to have some energy and that sort of thing, get some talent on campus. And um, if they do that, I think, you know, that they can probably get into, you know, middle of the pack. And, and like you said, maybe make those uh, once in a blue moon runs to the, the NCAA tournament and deeper.
0: And we're back again with Mike Vernon, our KU insider that we had on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago or a little bit ago while we were doing the, the coaching search. But Mike, um, final Uh, kind of just to help wrap us up here for the entire season here, something that's not KU football or KU basketball related, been your favorite, your, you know, the biggest story, or just in general, something that you wanted to highlight.
4: I would say this is what pulled me back into the recruiting world. Sorry. Cut that. Uh, this, This is what pulled me back into the reporting world. Certainly Jeff Long's exodus is the most memorable thing for me, what you basically had there was a boiling, boiling point of sorts where I think a lot of big donors were upset with Jeff Long to the point where some didn't even talk to him. Some, I think it even stopped giving money and (laughs) the less miles Rumors start to swirl. Certainly, the LSU allegations come out. You start asking questions of due diligence, which I think were very fair questions. And I I certainly was one of the people on Twitter asking. And that's where I started, you know, having some conversations and finding out uh, oh my God, you know, I think eight or nine big donors met with the chancellor the night before he was fired. I was the one who reported that, which uh, selfishly, uh, was cool for me, uh, because if you're local, how do you miss a donor meeting with the chancellor? Yeah. About their, uh, how upset they were with the athletic director. Uh, and that was right after the Les Miles is fired disaster press conference, which, like, I forgot about that as my favorite football memory, but like, what? what? That was insane. Or Sam Mellinger, you know,
0: right though, asked him In what his, regard? <laughs>
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's about his yeah. track record of higher, you know, it's football hires having bad track records and Jeff long, like disagreed. What, what yeah. regard he was like, I just, like their, re- their record.
0: It, that was, that was so funny that like, I mean, it's still being used as a drop on radio stations, like all over the place. So it, it's absolutely hilarious.
4: It was incredible. And like, that is just, especially knowing Mellinger having read them like, He does not want to get... That's not his style. He's so professional to even, like, have a terse kind of public conversation. Uh, Like, that was a hilarious thing. The donors meet with the chancellor. Boom, he's fired. That, That drama that unfolded was definitely something that will stick with me for a long, long time because it was just... Unheard of. I mean, it was a mess. It's not what you want as a KU fan. Uh, I certainly think that that KU is in much better shape than than they were before that. And I know the donors are a lot uh, happier. So, uh, yeah, it's it's not often pleased. that you can
0: say that a scandal at another school ends up benefiting you very well. Like I, right. I think ultimately yeah. KU is in a much better position now than they were. <laughs> you know, six months ago. And it's all because of all the information that came out at LSU.
4: (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yes. That sequence of events, uh, certainly, um, is, is going to be the thing that I remember where it kind of went from pulling a thread of being like, Hey, what's going on here? And then, (laughs) you know, starting to have some conversations from like, uh, Twitter and then into like real life, good, great conversations that, it's extremely memorable and huge, long-lasting impact on the university and the athletic department.
2: We love the whole Big 12, and we are available everywhere that podcasts are found. So go and find the 1012 Podcast and subscribe today.
0: And we're back again with Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star. Jesse, so we, we've we already done football and basketball. So now from everything else KU related, what's your biggest, best, favorite, or most important story for the, of, of, of the year?
5: You'll, yeah, I guess I'll go most memorable, the thing that will stick with me the longest, and I I would be surprised if nobody else says this, but it would be the Jeff Long press conference that yeah. happened right before uh, he was relieved of his duties by KU athletics, and the two sides or the two sides decided to mutually part ways, which is kind of the more politically correct way to say it. And, and you know, when sides come to a settlement, but um, that thing they marched him out there when everybody sort of already knew he was. Um, in trouble and he didn't have many friends and his back was already sort of against the wall. And then they marched him out there for a press conference and immediately you could tell he was very, very nervous. This was still a zoom call. So it wasn't even kind of facing the music with real reporters we were still kind of doing the the COVID thing. But um, yeah, the response that, you know, the, the one that gets played over and over again, um, you know, from my colleague Sam Mellinger asking him about the coaching hires he'd made in football. And obviously, you know, less miles had to be, um, Released or mutually parted ways, all those sorts of things. And, uh, Jeff Long was trying to defend himself in that moment and asked Sam in what regard he meant that he had not hired successful football coaches. Yeah. And, and Sam basically just right away said, uh, on the field, uh, that sort of thing. So it, it was, uh, I I think even Jeff would admit this in the moment. It was a disaster. He was in a tough spot. Obviously, he had to prepare for things that were going to be very difficult to prepare for. But from the very beginning, looked uncomfortable. I did not look confident. And like I said, at that time, was searching for friends in the athletic department where it seemed like he did not have as many allies as he needed. So um, a very interesting scenario. And. Uh, like I said, I didn't know at the moment that that was going to lead to his departure from KU, but it wasn't overly surprising that, you know, within the week that he was no longer with KU Athletics either. And I just suggest for no one out there who's a beat writer to ever, ever have a, a search for an AD a football coach and March Madness all take place in the same month. It is not fun to be on oh, yeah. those moments. So, um, yeah, if the timing can just be a little bit different in the future, I'll be happy to take those one at a time. But I can remember the feeling of dread when that officially went down, too, because I thought, ooh, the next few months are going to be uh, quite a thing to cover.
0: Yeah, well, and and imagine, you know, for, for those of us that try to cover the team and kind of do this as like a, a side job or a hobby, like for <laughs> me it was absolutely horrible because – not only was I trying to keep up, you know, like I had said previously, like I I actually had someone that I talked with that was in the department who, you know, I, honestly, the only reason I even was able to talk with him was because of some some uh, issues he had with Jeff Long. So yeah. <laughs> in a way, Jeff Long was kind of my, my end to the department when talking about Jeff Long. <laughs> um, you know, and, and so like it was one of those things. It was for me trying to juggle my normal, you know, nine to five job and then keep up with all of this and you know all the podcasting related to it and trying to deal with the with the coaching search and an AD search and you know all of that it was just it was it was a nightmare for me to try to do because I didn't want to I didn't want to lose the opportunity to try to to follow up on all of this stuff because it was brand new to me but it was a lot and and a really weird time like if if this had been you know in the middle of of like December, when you're usually seeing it or something like that, like you, you can at least plan for it, be ready for it. Um, but this came out of left field, like you said, like nobody was ready for it at all, and so sh- scrambling to try to do it. It was it was definitely a big a big uh, adjustment to have to make to be able to cover all of that.
5: Well, and to be fair, too, like um, because of COVID, because of the Zoom call nature, right? I, I think that was a tougher thing for Jeff Long to have to deal with because you know, what Sam asked him, and this is sort of inside baseball a little bit, kind of inside the job, but what Sam asked him potentially would have been asked off to the side, away from the TV cameras, you know, hey, right. hey, I've got you over here, um, this is what I wanted to ask you, but but sometimes, you know, in front of the cameras, it's, you know, you, you, you let the, the TV people kind of do their work and, and get the quotable stuff that they need, and then you kind of grab the guy off the side, hey, this is really what I wanted to ask you, I, I need this answered, and do that, but Again, in the Zoom world, you, you have to ask or you're not going to get your question in. So um, it sort of ended up as a, I mean, I don't want to say a viral moment. It wasn't on Sports Center or something, but it was a very viral moment around here. And speaking to your point, um, you know, KU hired Travis Goff afterwards, and obviously they had a lot of different directions they could have gone. And, and the search committee certainly seems like them, uh, along with Turnkey, brought up a lot of different candidates for KU. But um, when, when I had originally said that KU potentially would like someone with KU ties. I'd kind of always heard the same thing about Jeff Long, which is sort of what you referenced. And and what I'm sort of referencing when I say he didn't have friends or allies at the right time, which is, um, you know, he wasn't a Kansas guy, which didn't ingratiate himself with people around here. And then, as you mentioned, there were, I had heard of enough people where the, um, demeanor around the offices, the, um, what's what what's what i'm trying to look for basically the morale uh, the morale that's exactly but the morale was not what it should be and uh he was at least a contributing part of that and so again at those moments when you're looking around and saying hey i'm in a little bit of trouble here uh you know i'm thinking back and, and this is maybe just a horrible example but um i mean think about like tim miles in nebraska like from all indications Tim Miles is just a great guy. I've talked to him before. He's a great guy. He he loves to talk. He's smiling. Like he probably got two extra years in Nebraska, right? (laughs) Because I mean, nobody wanted to fire him. He's just a great guy. Everybody likes him. He does everything the right way. You know, so um, it it sort of felt, and again, I I don't want to speak for KU or for uh, Chancellor Gerard or anything, but like it it felt like Jeff Long had the opposite of that. You know what I mean? Like his clock was ticking a little bit quicker because any of those people that potentially could have stood up for him and said, oh, you know, hey, he might have messed up this football hire, but things are great around the office and he's improved this and this has gone better. They're kind of looking around and saying, you're on your own, you know, that sort of thing. So, again, that, that might be me playing a little bit too Dr. Phil in this whole situation, but I definitely think it's a reality when it comes to the end of a tenure is you're looking around for people that will support you and go to bad for you. And like I said, by that time, it did not feel like there were very many people in Jeff Long's corner at KU Athletics, and that potentially could help get you out the door a little bit faster.
0: Yeah, we, when you don't have the support of the staff, in addition to having issues with some of the, the donors, you know, because I... I had heard several old stories about big money donors that were not yep. happy with Jeff Long and the way that he handled things and the way that he represented the university with, with, with some of the things that he did. So like when you when you alienate, you know, donors in some fashion, a lot of times if if your staff really likes you you can hang on and, you know, kinda of hold off for a while. Or vice versa. You know, if you have some issues with the staff, but you have ends with some of the really big money donors that can, you know, keep you along, long long enough, basically because the donors decide that they, you know, they're not going to pay a buyout or something like that, which, which kind of locks you in there. But when you alienate both of those groups, you're in a lot of trouble. And all it takes is one little thing, like, you know, a poorly received answer to a question. And you're, you're, you're going to be out of there a lot quicker than you maybe think you, you should. So.
5: Yep. And like I said, that. It'll be something. I, I think uh you know, following Sam on Twitter, he still gets uh, the "in what regard" jokes on there. I don't think those are going away anytime soon. So, uh, whenever there's a quotable line like that from a year, it's definitely going to be something you remember.
0: Uh, oh yeah, local radio station over in Lawrence, I mean, uses that as a drop all the time too. So it's it's going to live in infamy for Kansas sports for a really really long time. And we've got Mike Plank, editor in chief over at Rock Chalk Talk, Mike. To, to finish this up for the year, uh, your biggest, best, favorite, most important story that has nothing to do with football or basketball.
5: Uh, I don't know if it's biggest or, or best or even favorite, but I want to kind of throw a shout-out to the uh, Kansas women's volleyball team. Uh, they finished uh, kind of middle of the pack in the Big 12 last year, and uh, the uh, preseason poll for 2021 just came out, and they were picked to finish fourth in the league. Uh, behind Texas Baylor and K State, and I, I, you know, I think KU and K State are kind of right there neck and neck. So uh, KU's definitely got a KU volleyball has a has a good chance to finish in the top three of the league and and make a return to the NCAA tournament. So uh, keep your eye on on that squad this fall.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely a year of growing pains for this particular team, but I thought they got a lot of experience. Um, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk too much about them or too much, yeah, about them on the podcast this year. Mainly because the, you know, the, the, the guests that I normally have on was not available to actually talk about them. So, um, but yeah, I'm definitely keeping an eye on them. They are one of the teams that I want to hit. I'm hoping to do some sort of preview for them before their season gets started. But yes, I, I do agree with you. Um, you know, part of the reason I, I did this as kind of the final episode is because I want to make sure we highlight a lot of those programs that don't normally get a lot of publicity and the volleyball team, you know, despite the fact that they've gone to a final four, um, you know, in not too, Not too distant, you know, past. Um, I still don't think that they necessarily get as much attention as they probably deserve. So, um, thank you for highlighting them. I I definitely am looking forward to what they can do next year. And I thought that they had an overall okay season, you know, dealt with some injury issues, dealt with some, some bad breaks here and there, but overall I thought had a fairly successful season this last year. And I'm joined again by Brendan. Drozenski of 580 Sports Talk over on WIBW in Topeka, Brendan. Your best, biggest, favorite, or most important story that has nothing to do with football or basketball for the for the Kansas athletic department this year?
6: Well, the easiest answer, obviously, is is Bryce Hoppel because Bryce Hoppel is the man, has always been the man, is going to the Olympics uh, representing the U.S. and KU. So obviously, awesome for him. Love Bryce Hoppel. My answer for this though, I'm gonna go with the KU baseball team just in general, having a a better season than Rich Price and the boys have had in a long time. And and I'm going to completely level with you here. I am not a a college baseball guy like at all. You know, I, I know the the best teams or whatever and we'll see the KU scores and think, okay, you know, great. But I've I've never been exactly a diehard KU baseball fan or college baseball fan just in general as much as i enjoyed the the sport of baseball but this year's team was competitive in a way i mean it just better largely speaking but was competitive in a way that made me actually interested in the program again in a way i hadn't been since my gosh first year or two on campus pretty much in the in the mid to early 2010s and you just put together a year in which you take the series from K state at home a series in which Going into the year, I think most people thought, oh, yeah, K-State's going to take this series because K-State was supposed to be good and KU was kind of supposed to be where KU has been. So you win that. You win a pair of games over Missouri, including one that ended uh, with uh, the old wrestling dusty finish a little bit at the end with that caught stealing. But you put together some really good, strong, memorable moments for a program that hasn't had a ton of them in recent memory you had a bunch of good games you you got more than just me I think interested in the program again and and I'm just taking obviously a little word of mouth and what I see on, on my social media for example that's where I can get a lot of this information and kind of a pulse of the fan but some more people ta- talking about KU baseball than I've seen in a long time this year and and I know there have been issues in the program and always is Rich Price going to come or go? I feel like that's been a storyline for a couple years now that maybe it's time to, to make a change at the program, uh, at the coach position. But it, it just was nice to have a team that in modern history anyway, or at least in the recent past, better to say maybe, uh, has not been all that exciting. Has not been all that good. But to, to have a season in which you beat your rivals four out of five games and you just are turning heads a little bit, especially in the start of the season before Big 12 play began, uh, that was kind of exciting. It was something that I'm I'm not used to watching or paying much attention to, but uh, they gave me a reason to this year. So uh, the baseball team, for the first time in a long time, actually had some some real vested interest in their success this year.
0: Yeah, you know, it it is one of those things. There has been a lot of speculation about, you know, if it's time to move on from from Rich Price. But I do agree that they were better this year than I thought they were going to be. And a lot of that, I think, has to do with the fact about just how strong a baseball conference the Big 12 is. And so, like, they actually played fairly well in the non-conference. Gave me a little bit of hope that they could potentially play well in the actual conference schedule itself. And while I do think the way that they ended the season against West Virginia is probably not the way that you think they, you know, like that. It's hard to say that it was unacceptable, but it was definitely not the kind of ending that you would think would have been a more successful season than, than they get credit for. Um, but you know, the big 12 conference is absolutely phenomenal as a baseball conference. Um, and so it's going to be hard, I think, to get a lot of traction in that conference. It's going to take a while to actually get to the point where you're, you know, competing in the middle of the pack. And even then competing in the middle of the pack is a, is a big accomplishment for most teams, you know, in, in the big 12. So, um, I do like, I I'm kind of indifferent at this point, whether Rich Price stays as a baseball coach, um, or if they decide to move on at that point, I do think it's probably one of the two or three positions that's potentially up to get, you know, turned over if Travis Goff decides that he needs to start looking at some of those other coaches just because of the record. You know, I do think that, I do think that moving forward, there's a big opportunity for, for uh, coach price to really solidify his position here and build that, you know, get that improvement and kind of build moving forward. I, I hope they do it. I absolutely love the guy back when they won the big 12 tournament and made it to the, to the NCAA tournament. You know, I was, I was cheering along with everyone else. I really, I really enjoy watching college baseball, and I try to catch them every 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 opportunity that I get. So I'm definitely rooting for them, and I really want Coach Price to get it turned around and for all of them to kind of stick around and continue to build the program. But, you know, reality-wise, like it looks like if, if Kansas sees an opportunity to get a different coach that could potentially take them moving forward, I don't think that they should turn it down just because Rich Price has started to turn around or he had that Big 12 championship in the past. I do agree with you, though. There seems to be more excitement than normal. I don't know how much of that is the individual players that seem to be repping it a little bit more Um, or like what else is going on there. I can't really really quite put my thumb on it, but I'm definitely excited for the possibility that baseball is going to be better next year. Um, The question, I guess, is just going to be what do they do and are they able to take that next step?
6: You know, you make an interesting point about Goff and, and making some decisions on coaches. Obviously, you know, no decision to be made on, on a couple of them. You already made one big decision on coaching, but that's something I'm I'm very curious in, you know, talking about Rich Price and the, well, should he come back or should we let him go conversation over the past couple of years. I mean, I think that's going to be one of the biggest things for Travis Goff to to work on going forward and you know, he, he hasn't really been around for much of an athletic year. He was here for the spring sports, but but not before that. And and I'm sure he was keeping tabs on it before he took the job. But you've got, I think, a bunch of coaches on campus that you probably need to, to take a look at in terms of their long-term future. I think Rick Price is at the top of the list. I think the most obvious one is Brandon Schneider, who uh, I, to be completely yeah. blunt with, I cannot believe is still employed. But that's going to be an interesting thing to watch for the future. And hell, maybe Price bought himself some more time with this season. And, and you're right. It's just kind of exciting to think, Oh, well, maybe, maybe I will pay a little bit of attention to them during the off season. Maybe this is going to be an, an even better team next year and they've got it turned around a little bit. And, and you're hundred percent right too, that you can't just rest on your laurels of something that happened all those years ago and think that that's all you ever need to do. But I think at the same time you know you've seen the heights this program can get to in the not too distant past and if you're building toward that again it's it's a reason to be excited again as a as an admittedly massively casual fan of the program I mean if they wore they wore different uniforms and didn't say okay you want them I would never think about those guys right, right. but they gave us a reason to actually be invested in, and you make a good point too that maybe it's a little bit of the guys are actually trying to to promote it a little bit more this year, which is great. I mean, people don't people don't really talk about college baseball very much on a national scale until you get to Omaha uh, in the middle of June. So to give us a reason to maybe have a little positivity toward the future, but also living in the now just to have some really fun moments I mean you take 2 out of 3 from K state that's always a big deal especially a K state team that's been pretty good recently and they had a good run in the Big 12 tournament this year you beat Missouri in two games which we know is always a fun time it was it was just kind of fun to have a new team to root for who you know I would never have previously rooted against but it was uh it was it was a new experience for me and it was a fun one so so following KU baseball and their return to uh, a level of relevance they haven't had in a while was Uh, really just kind of a a fun, pleasant realization this year.
0: And I'm joined once again by Derek Johnson of 1320 over in Lawrence, Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Derek, your best, biggest, favorite, most important story that has absolutely nothing to do with football or basketball.
7: So I'm a big volleyball guy, and uh, I think we kind of saw the the reemergence of the KU volleyball team this past year. Um, About four or five years ago, you had the teams that went to the final four and then won a big 12 championship. And I think he had like six straight NCAA tournament appearances in there for KU volleyball. They kind of dipped off a little bit after that. They've got the new facilities. Now um, they've just had kind of young teams and some roster turnover and shakeup. But I think last year was a step in the right direction. Two years ago, they struggled a little bit, but had a really young team last year is really young as well. They had eight freshmen on the team. They had 10 underclassmen on the team and the fact that you have the extra year of eligibility role, it's now basically like all those freshmen stay freshmen. So you're going to get another year out of them, but they're a year older of experience. And you added in another really good recruiting class. Um, KU has the big 12 freshmen of the year incoming this year. They had the big 12 freshmen of the year incoming last year as well. So I, I kind of think the KU volleyball team is reemerging and, I don't know where they're going to finish this year. They finished above 500 last year, which was a nice step forward after a nine win season two years ago. Um, I think I saw the other day that in the uh, big 12 preseason poll, they were picked to finish. I believe fourth in the conference. Um, and, you know, maybe this can be a team that gets back to the NCAA tournament. If not, I think they're going to make another step this year to where, at the very least, next year, I think you could look at them as being a, a team who makes the NCAA tournament. And who knows, maybe their team is in the top 25, hosting in the first or second round of the NCAA tournament as well. But I, I think uh, they're starting to, to build that thing back up, and you're starting to see the repercussions of all those new great facilities with all these great recruits coming in. Um, even the teams that, that – had that success a couple of years ago, they were bringing in really good recruits, but it wasn't as highly, at least from a national perspective of where some of these national sites, view you recruiting rankings and stuff for volleyball, um, it wasn't maybe as many of the amount of high level, top hundred, top 50 recruits as they're bringing in right now. And I think that's going to lead to some really exciting seasons here.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you think about the the evolution of the volleyball program, I mean, going to the final four, that was the perfect Like the perfect congruence of factors all coming together at the right time for them to make that deep run. And yes, that, that team was something that was really special. It all kind of came together. They meshed really well. Um, but that could put, put Kansas on the map in terms of volleyball, you know, allowing some of these better recruits to start coming. Um, but much like, like we've seen, you know, with the Royals after their, their 2015 World Series win, um, you know, it, it, if you can have everything be right and all come together for a particular season, but the foundation isn't quite there yet for long term you know program being super successful in the, in the near future and so i think that's where kansas kind of was they had some bad some bad injury luck you know they had some some underwhelming performances in, in the interim, but that wasn't necessarily too unexpected. They've now kind of built that foundation, like you're talking about, with facilities. The recruiting has consistently gotten better, and it looks like moving forward, they are likely to be able to actually start that next transition where they're going to build a program that I think can be very successful and very competitive in the Big 12 for years to come, especially with, like you said, you know these these top recruits that are now coming in that are actually giving Kansas a serious look. So I'm going to be really interested, kind of like you, I do think that this is kind of a year where we start to see things Move forward for this Kansas volleyball squad.
7: Yeah, they just got a, a ton of size up front, athleticism on the outsides. Um, and even, uh, you know, you had some upperclassmen players who decided to come back as well, in addition to all the youth that they have. I, I really like this team for this upcoming season.
0: And that's going to do it. This is it, guys, for the season. Um, I wanted to just go ahead and share my favorite story because, you know, I jumped in with tidbits here and there with all the different stories that everybody did. Um, over the course of these last three episodes. But, um, you know, I think I think ultimately the one thing that I thought was huge and is going to be huge moving forward um, that hasn't been highlighted yet because, again, I could echo any number of the things that all these other people have said. Um, instead, what I'd rather do is I'd like to highlight um, kind of in the same vein of some of the other things that, that have been said, especially uh, by, like, Derek Johnson. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, looking – Around the Ku website, the Ku media presence. I think the biggest, the biggest thing moving forward that gives me hope for, you know, Kansas being the Kansas athletics being the organization that I that I have been so proud of, um, you know, is just the fact that how they have connected with the people recently, how they've connected with the former players, uh, you know, the, the the students, everyone they have, you know, having Daryl Stuckey, um, you know, and Brandon McAnderson. Working with, with, with the football department, you know, having, uh, you know, Simeon involved with the Jayhawker podcast, like having all of the things that they've done and all of the ways that they've highlighted athletes, highlighted all the personalities around the athletic department and really kind of shown that um, and really shared that with everybody. I think it's been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, it's something that they should have done a long time ago. Honestly, they kind of started with the whole Miles to Go series with the ESPN Plus documentary, um, which which could have gone a little bit better. Um, you know, it was great having that that sneak peek behind the scenes. Uh, really enjoyed that last year. I think they've built on that in their own self-contained media and the way that they're doing that. So big, big props to all of the public relations people inside the department. Um, because, you know, despite some of the issues that some of the, the higher ups and, uh, and former athletic directors had in terms of the public relations, I know how tirelessly they work. I know, I know everything that they did to, to kind of make sure that we got as much good information and as, as many positive stories as we possibly could out of, out of that athletic department this year. So Big, big props to them. I'm looking forward to see what they can do over the next few years. Um, and as, as we continue to go ahead and engage with them, but, but that is going to do it. Um, that's my, my big story, what I wanted to highlight at the end. Um, you know, just kind of, kind of running through a little, a few quick notes. Really appreciative of all the guests that you've had, not just the KU guests that have come on recently. Uh, Thor Nystrom wanted to get him onto this episode. We unfortunately just, just couldn't make it work. Um, yeah, I believe that he's, he's going to be one of those guys that'll probably be back early in the next season as we get ready for football. Um, but definitely, you know, if you guys haven't given any of the, any of the people that, that, that came on a follow all, over on Twitter, you're really missing out to so make sure I've got all of them tagged in, in the show notes to make sure that you're taking a look at each of them. Um, you know, they all do great work. They all cover the Jayhawks in ways that really allow me to do my job here. Allow me to do what I want to do to be able to share all these stories with you guys. I, you know, this, this podcast, I think would have died a whole long time ago if I didn't have the guests on that I was able to get. Um, so, but that's enough for me. Uh, I do have some news that is coming up. Unfortunately, I can't announce it yet. Um, but you know, I, I, I think I've made it known here before that the, you know, the rock talk podcast has been looking for an opportunity to kind of expand, to kind of do what, what they're doing. Um, on a, on a bigger platform to kind of do more of, of what it is that we do here. And so there is an opportunity coming. Um, uh, there will be an announcement shortly after the start of the next season. The podcast is coming back. August 2nd is going to be when the first episode of the new season drops. We already have stuff in the works. We're going to come. We just have, we have a whole bunch of stuff ready for the month of August to help us go ahead and get ready for the football season to really dive into everything. I know. You know, season previews, we, we normally have been doing those over the course of the summer. By now we would have already had our season finale and already be in the middle of like our, our summer quote unquote half season. Um instead we're just gonna hit you guys with a whole bunch of stuff right there in, in the beginning of August. So be you know, I'm gonna take this this next month to recharge to get everything ready to go. Um, you know, we're gonna have some some new stuff, some some more exciting stuff, some other opportunities. If if, if you guys have been interested in merch, um, we, we are potentially gonna have some of that coming. So be on the lookout for that. Um, lots and lots of opportunities but to get to help get you ready for that just one last time for this season I'm going to go ahead and say you know uh, thank you guys so much for listening if you haven't already please go out wherever you get your podcasts whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher any of the other million apps that are out there just search for Rock Chalk Podcast so you can subscribe to the podcast and get every single episode as soon as it comes out we really do bring this podcast to you guys to get you all the information you need in as entertaining a way as possible. So, if you ever have any comments for me, any questions, suggestions, people you want me to try to interview, anything like that, uh, you, you can contact me by email at rocktalkpodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at rocktalkpod. If you can give me a rating or review, five stars, nice comments would be great. Otherwise, you know, just let us know what it is that, that we can be doing better. Um, we are on Anchor, so you guys can leave us voicemail so we can get you on the show at some point here. Just go to anchor.fm. Uh, rock-chalk-podcast slash message and we can get you on there you know I, I do like to get as many voices as possible I really do want to hear from the fans from those that really want to you know be involved in the show so but that's going to do it for us today thank you guys so much for listening it's been an absolutely fantastic season we will catch you guys next time new season in August on the Rock Chalk Podcast